At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Welcome aboard. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard. Huge show lined up today. Over the next three hours, good guests that we're going to sprinkle in throughout as well. It was uh, really good to have college football uh, last night on a Thursday night, and now here we are with Labor Day weekend. My favorite holiday weekend of the entire year because it means football is back. All right. And, uh, you know, two of the marquee games last night that we had on the schedule. One was uh, Utah and Florida. The other one was Minnesota and Nebraska. A lot to talk about, Paulie, with both of those games. You know, yesterday you and I had a uh, quick back and forth on uh, Billy Napier and uh, Kyle Whittingham, and I, my point was, Whittingham was a, he had the coaching edge. I thought it was a big-time edge, and you're like, whoa, 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 hold on here. Napier was really, really good before he got to Florida. Well, I mean, last night, I thought that was a borderline disaster. How to begin the season, you've had this long to prep for a game. You knew that you were going to play on the West. The best thing they did was get those oxygen bottles ready for the players mm-hmm. that Holly Rowe talked about and took a hit of uh, in the second half. The timeliness with the penalties and the false starts for this team and the errant like the unforced errors for Florida last night it was red flag after red flag after red flag and I'm sorry a lot of that falls on his shoulders well it was a winnable game uh you watch the first half and you wonder if they had practiced but uh, you only allow 270 yards and get beat Utah hits them with the uh 70 yard touchdown to start yeah, but this is, you know, why why would you even want Graham Mertz in the first place when the numbers look good when he added up, but they were one of 13 on third down. Certainly uh, they should have got the money. I mean, the back door is right there. The kid's wide open for a touchdown and he misses them, although he was forced to get rid of it early as Utah brought the house. But the the sequence there in the second quarter, when they, they, they get the first down, it's going to be first and goal, but the guy fumbles. So first and goal becomes fourth and one. And then the false start, then the missed field goal, and then Utah scores on the other end. So I, I also added Florida in play uh, and took three and a half. So that was a huge sequence there at the end. Uh, as they looked like they were going to get the back door and they lose 24-11. Sure. Tough F- one. 15 rushing yards. Yeah. So no semblance of a running game whatsoever. But that's obviously a tough place to play and a tough team to run on anyway. And uh, that program that Woody has had now for 20 years is pretty much the same thing every single year. He bullies you. He recruits guys who are big, tough, powerful, and uh, they're anchors down in the trenches. And they're going to be the same exact thing this year. I like the dynamic that they showed last night at quarterback, bringing in Johnson where he could run the football from time to time. You're right. They were outgained. And uh, I love the fact, uh, fact also that they decided to take a shot right away. And I thought it was maybe a tad fortunate that it was a touchdown because I don't think it was a great pass. I thought it was underthrown a little bit. Also, I thought it was misplayed by the two defenders for Florida. Regardless, it was a touchdown. And 
Again, when Holly Rowe talked to Whittingham during the game, she asked him about that, you know, going deep, that decision. He goes, yeah, you know, we played safe every single year. <laughs> this yeah, year, we just yeah. told ourselves we're yeah. not playing it safe tonight. Yeah. We, we knew that we were going to take a shot right away. So I think that Barnes is going to make that throw almost no matter what the, the coverage is going to look like. But overall, I mean, Florida did outgain Utah. But it was just, how are you not ready to play the game? It happened over and over and over again with the penalties. At some point, you need to like, I, in, in the middle of a timeout, at the end of the quarter, at halftime, guys, honestly, what the hell is wrong with you? No more of the stupid penalties. Yeah, well, you saw it in the Minnesota game, too. Uh, so that was in, in, in a too high two coaches that make a lot of money with Fleck and Rule. But 1989, the last time Florida won a true non-conference road game outside of the state. Yeah. Think about that. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then the fact that they even played the game to begin with. Uh, finally good for home and home after what happened last year in the swamp. So a lot of things to fix and clean up. But if you're Utah, you're loving life. You didn't play Rising. You got the win. You're right. It's a tough place to play. And now your reward is you go to Baylor. So we'll see if Rising plays next week. And I think the look at was uh, one and a half in that game. But a, it's a good win for the conference and a big opportunity here to go to Baylor. It figures that the conference beats up on one another. They play one another. There's so many good teams and good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, excellent job defensively and uh, getting the key stops there late. I love that schedule, by the way. Said it yesterday, bringing it up again today. And now we all knew that they were going to play Florida because of the home-and-home home that started last year. But you start the season with Florida at home, and then you're going to go to Baylor. It's yeah. awesome. More teams should do that kind of thing. Um, also, how about this uh, to file away? Isn't Florida supposed to be like the second-best team on Georgia's schedule? That could be possible. That's That could be in play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing, team you could pencil in the playoff, yep. how easy it is, yep. which I maybe at Tennessee isn't even that difficult when it's all said and done yeah, and too, I, for Georgia. I, I feel sorry today for uh, Cornhusker fans because you are now 2-14 and 14 in one-score games since the beginning of the 2021 season. 26 one-score losses in the last five years. Uh, 17 second-half blown leads. They're good people. They don't deserve this. They're great people. The more things change, the more they stay the same. That is, you can't lose that game. Oh, my God, the turnovers. Ridiculous. Well, the, the second INT in the end zone was, I mean, their execution near the goal line needs some serious work uh, in practice throughout yeah. the entire year. It yeah. was an abomination last night. Again, it's early. It's game one. Uh, some of these teams were not ready to play last night, and uh, some of the stuff that Nebraska did, I think, clearly stuck out like a sore thumb. Sims, and I was I was watching a little bit of... Um, Vicent tonight last night with Matt Ewens, he brought up a good point. Everybody's talking about how Sims comes over and, oh, Nebraska's going to... He's like, Sims is not a good quarterback. Why are people saying that this is going to be a good offense or he's a good quarterback to bring in when he was never good um, before transferring and hitting the portal? So that second INT is something that you can't do. But also, I don't think it's really on him late, how they gave the game away. Do you have to make... Are you going to... Yes, that's on him. That you can't throw that interception. No, no, but going, why the play call? Well, it, why that play call? Well, come on, uh, the whole thing. Well, the fumble at midfield too. You're up ten three, and then you fumble. Uh, that's another thing. Ninety four percent win probability. It won't end with this program. It's enough. It's like kick to the basket every single year with this team. Well, and then you and get what the, happens. I mean, the, Minnesota does nothing for three quarters. Absolutely, and they nothing. somehow win the game. And I'll tell you what, you can rip Napier. Fleck was terrible in that game. What he was doing uh, as well with some of the play calling and what they did. So that was, uh, oh my God, 13 to 10. Somehow the second half total pushed as well. But the, the total was bet from from 47 to 43. And that's no sweat either. At least you're going to, but a hell of a catch. But that's the other one, the fourth down play. That's another one. Everything went against Nebraska. Uh-huh. It's it's fourth and a mile, and and the kid somehow was wide open. Tippy toe, tippy toe, uh, unbelievable touchdown catch as well. Well, even so, before I mean, that, Minnesota I mean, stole one, no doubt. Oh, about I mean, it. and then the, you know, that's the scene of the crime. If you're a Minnesota Viking fan, where Blair Walsh missed a 27 yard field goal in a playoff game, yeah. the kid comes out no problem. I didn't agree with trying a 54 Four yard field goal, whatever it was, but the kid nails it from 46 as well. So good for him. Yeah. The think about this. They took, it seemed like five minutes to replay and review what looked like, I mean, to me, there's no way they were going to call that a catch. The original one where Jackson was diving at the end of the end zone, back of the end zone, like how the hell did yes, it take right. that long? Yes. That was not a catch. Yeah, but for, that, for them to go right back to the guy, and I tweeted this out last night, the degree of difficulty for him to get the one foot down and he's completely spread eagle and the other foot is still like up in the air by a millisecond and he lands that, 
98% of Americans or humans, I guess, would like tear something, like a severe tear to the groin. How he got that down. Mm-hmm. Like, no joke, that's one of the best toe drags I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I, I don't even, how is that humanly possible mm-hmm. to get that in? But also then if you're Nebraska, before the game-winning field goal, you get the huge sack to make it third and long, and then all of a sudden they rip off like a 13-yard run or whatever it was to put him back in field goal range. That was a good play call. I'll give them credit there. They didn't see that coming. No, they completely they caught Nebraska off guard. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you another one, Paulie. Oh, God. If, if, was, if these two teams, if Wisconsin and Iowa are as good as what we think they are, they are going to, it's one game, I don't want to overreact, but those two teams should blast and manhandle Minnesota and Nebraska. They should. Yeah. Yep. We'll see the adjustments that the coaches make after one game, but there was a little, a little sloppy football as well. I, knew, I do know this. Kent State's got awful. Uh, Central Florida had 723 yards. Yeah, 8.8 yards per play. 56-6. to six. The Kent State coach has never even been a coordinator before. So uh, that, that was just atrocious with Kent State. And then... Uh, they play at Arkansas. Yes. Coming up. And the they also play boy, at, oh at Fresno down the road. Yeah, good call there. You got the money with UConn uh, from 18 down to 14. NC State wins, but they don't cover. Good job by Moore. Looked like they were going to score late to make it even more interesting. And then if anyone stayed up on the West Coast, we had a two and a half hour weather delay with the Arizona State game. And that thing uh, got over, I don't know, one, two in the morning. Yeah. Local time, <laughs> right? So mountain time in uh, Tempe... It was a, I'm reading between a two and a half and two hour, 45 minute delay at halftime. Yeah. They resumed play at 11.18 p.m. local time. It ended at one o'clock. And they were, they, by the way, they took money yesterday. They were bet from 32 up to 34 and a half, I believe. And they won by three points. That's another thing, too. That program's the, in shambles. So those kids are so disappointed about the ban, the bowl ban and what Herm Edwards did. And that, that sets, I feel bad for them. By the way, yep. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, the result where we broadcast from was very good because they moved Minnesota to nine. And like every other book was at seven and a half, and they take huge bets here. So it looked like to me before, right before kickoff, they were just getting inundated with um, Minnesota yep. money. Napier couldn't try a field goal there down 11? Uh, I mean, I, I mean yeah. if that, that's not the best landing spot. It's certainly better than... It's five, six, seven, or, but if that falls eight, that's not, I mean, that thing was 10. And then the rising news from 10 down to four and a half, five. But you, you need two scores there. I'm surprised he didn't kick the field goal. No, it's, I mean, it's going to be a breeze for Georgia this year. But at Tennessee is the one game. That, yeah. I mean, they, they might beat Florida by it's, 35 points. I think, I think Phil Steele has him a double-digit favorite in every game. I think it's what he told us. Yeah. So more of our last night's betting action and a full recap coming up in Win Some, Lose Some here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see the changes in all the action. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Another way, vcin's here to help make you a smarter, better year-round. Check it out every game, vcin.com. A lot of college football on today's slate. And now, Aaron Moore is a vcin contributor, does a great job here on the network joins the program now to talk about some angles that uh, he's looking for tonight, this weekend, and beyond. Aaron, good morning. It's uh, a pleasure to talk to you, as always. How are you? Very good, Mitch and Pauly. Good morning to you guys. Yeah, we were just talking about betting unders so far and what it looks like, all these line moves getting there, and eventually, you know, everybody's going to adjust. That includes books. That includes bettors. Uh, You're on a couple of games uh, to the under. You bet under in the Hawaii-Stanford game when it was 61 it's now 55. You're on the East Coast. It's a late game tonight, obviously, for you specifically. How do you plan on attacking this? I don't think you're probably not going to go over 55 right now, but certainly in play. Like, how do you approach it? Well, Mitch, the key word there is attacking. As bettors, this is why we bet early. This is why we handicap ahead of time. So if I can get that advantage right now in a six-point swing in the under of this game, then, of course, I want to attack live. And I think that's, that's a good point for any better. We talk about betting. We talk about handicapping. We talk about putting the work in. Well, you better take advantage of that. Now, I don't want to do the middle right now, but supposedly there's going to be some weather issues in Hawaii mm-hmm. that if you're going to make these bets, I, I think you have to look at betting. There's a lot of work. There's the homework, and then there's the day of test. And I'm going to look at that Hawaii game as the day of test and hopefully get in between both those numbers. Yeah, you're not going to blindly bet games to the under, but you wanted to attack the board looking for games to bet the under on. And you have a couple of other ones as well, right? Wisconsin Buffalo under and Temple under uh, 56, which is available as we speak. But um, how, how long? I mean, like, do you normally do this or was it specifically for this year just because of the new rules? Well, specifically looking at it from my betting standpoint and handicapping, I went into this season thinking about, well, yes, you have the rule changes. The clock is going to move Mm. faster. Supposedly, there's going to be a loss of three to five. Some people said maybe even seven plays. Well, that wasn't the aspect I looked at the beginning. I want to go in the under, and I'm looking under for the reason of transition. All we talk about is the transfer portal, a transfer portal, new players coming in. Handicapping this preseason, you just look at how many new players, how many new coordinators, all the changes happening. Well, those changes are going to take time to actually implement. So from my standpoint, I wanted to look early if it's week zero, if it's week one. I would imagine, as you were talking about earlier, the amount of unders that hit. I think the change from the book standpoint is probably going to come next week, at least the week after that. So uh, to use your word blindly, I don't think you can blindly bet unders moving forward. But from a transition standpoint, I think we and the books are unsure of what was going to happen with all these new players. So my aspect was, well, let's take the under and hope. Hopefully we have a lot of incomplete passes because this new quarterback doesn't even know who that new wide receiver is. Uh, How about look ahead games? And and what do you make now of Nebraska, Colorado, which is played next week and also uh, uh, NC state and Notre Dame as NC state, you know, UConn was a great story, but they, they only won by 10 last night. So the interesting aspect, Paulie, of looking at NC state was always a good team. It's just a solid team with that defense. And with Brennan Armstrong running the ball the way he did, the ball control. So I think NC State is in play next week against Notre Dame because I don't think they're going to make a lot of mistakes. This is going to be absolutely a big game for NC State. It was good for them that they had this game against a tough UConn team. I think another point of that game is you have to look at UConn with a much different perspective. They used to be a laughing stock, yep. no longer mm-hmm. the case. And I think there, there's a change now. The books are going to have to see that people are no longer just going to 
that against UConn because they're UConn. But back to NC State, I think Armstrong running the ball, defense and ball control is going to put them in an opportunity for at least a close game against Notre Dame next yeah. week. And, and Mitch said it yesterday, too. The only thing that would shock me is if Colorado somehow can blow out TCU. I mean, with this entire new program and all these new players, I, I don't know what to do. Now it's they're getting eight and a half next week against Nebraska. And it's interesting. Here we are talking about next week's game, about two teams that might be absolutely two of the worst teams if you're going to look at what Nebraska does just losing games. So that's the interesting standpoint. There's so much interest in Colorado, a team that's going to be lucky to win three games or so. They're basically an expansion. Yeah, they're an expansion team. So I think from the interest standpoint, there's you just I think if you're going to have a a knee jerk reaction, it's always a go against Colorado because I think all that interest is that public interest. They want Dion to win. They want the games. They want the action. So if I had to pick one side blindly, I think I'm always going to look against Colorado because they are the new public team, and it's kind of interesting to see them become that. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Aaron Moore, does a great job for VSIN as a contributor. I'll, I'll take you back many years ago. Some people listening may remember this game, but not many. Adrian Peterson was still at Oklahoma. That team went to Oregon to begin the season, and they got absolutely screwed by the referees on a huge call and lost the game. And Oklahoma had national title aspirations that year. And that was like a dream crusher as a loss. And they eventually went out. I think it was soon after that. And they got beat by Texas. And you could just tell that they were demoralized what happened up in Eugene. So that being said, the marquee game of this weekend is LSU and Florida State. What are you looking forward beyond this game to the team that actually, you know, goes there and loses it because they have, you know, playoff, you know, um, a spot in the playoffs in their eyes, and they've had that for six, seven months now. So you have LSU, Florida State, literally the game of the week. All the eyeballs are going to be on this game. These are two of the trendy picks for national championship. You can get both of them double digits. So these are two teams meeting each other in week one that, Once this game ends, 50% of the people are going to be pretty upset because I think the loser of this game, they're done from the national championship standpoint. Just look at LSU. They have home games against Ole Miss. They're at Ole Miss. They're at Alabama. Very likely they're going to lose one of that. So Mm -hmm. if they lose lose Sunday against Florida State, they've got two losses. Florida State loses the game. They've got that game against Clemson on the uh, 23rd of September. They're probably going to lose that game. So whoever loses this game at best probably is going to have two losses. I, I doubt either of these teams can get in with two losses. So their national championship playoff hopes are over. But compound that with... These two teams have two of the trendy Heisman picks. So Jaden Daniels, 11-1 to right now. He loses this game. He goes way down from there, and I don't think he becomes a real viable Heisman candidate. And the same thing with Jordan Travis, that whoever loses this game very likely doesn't make it to the playoffs, and whatever quarterback loses probably for the first week of the season sees their Heisman chances go away. Yep, totally agree. In these marquee matchups, to me, anyway, it's so big for guys who can potentially win that award. And we're going to see a bunch of this stuff coming up in September. Like, for example, when Sam Hartman plays Ohio State, well, if he goes crazy and Notre Dame beats the Buckeyes, I mean, he's going to go. He's actually now below 20 to 1. He'll be one of the favorites on the board. And that's what you have to do when you handicap the Heisman Trophy. You have to look at what the big games are for that player. It's not just what the record is going to be. It's going to be what the games are that that player could win in front of a national audience that gets all the tweets coming, gets all Mm -hmm. the stories, all the clicks, that you have to look at individual games. So I'm sure those who took Daniels or Travis looked at this game ahead of time and said, wow, I could start the season and maybe even jump over Caleb Williams. Well, maybe the winner... Maybe the winner does, but the loser, boy, that ticket looks pretty dead early on. Yep, spot on. You can follow Aaron on Twitter. He is at Public Relation Prof. Great job today, Aaron. Uh, as always, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate that. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck to you. Be good. Thank you. There you go. Aaron Moore, VEASAN contributor. And, uh, no, that is something definitely to uh, watch because of the matchups that we have coming up, the non-conference spots, the big marquee games, there, there usually is like a narrative that will take place early on in the season, and once that player can get 
in that national narrative, well, then he's he's in the conversation, and that means he's in the mix. And if it continues to go well for him that year, that very specific year, then he can have a chance to win the title or the uh, Heisman Trophy that year. That's I could insane. envision chaos. I could see a two-loss team getting in there, though. All these teams play each other. You know, or will we get two from the SEC or two from the Big Ten? Yeah, this uh, you know, with uh, Penn State's got a tough schedule. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State has to go to Michigan. They have to go to Notre Dame. They Pac-12, all <laughs> they're going to beat up on each other. And uh, are you really buying the Big 12? Can you really trust Texas? You know, certainly you can't do that with Oklahoma, the season they had, too. Yeah. I think a, a two-loss team, I think, can get in from the Big Ten or the SEC. Can a two-loss team get in from the Pac-12? Yes, I believe so. I think it's I think that so, good. Huh? Now, Phil Steele has them third, but I think you can make the case it's the second-best conference, top to bottom. Yeah, it's very good. Up next, tonight's schedule, college games. Again, another reminder uh, ATS-wise, something to keep in mind early on here when you're talking about week zero, week one, week two games next year on VEASAN. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Starting this hour, talking some National Football League. A week from today, we'll be recapping Chiefs Lions. How good does that sound? Props, baby. And our buddy, and uh, does a great job. Betting, handicapping the NFL. Adam Chernoff joins the program now. Uh, you're in the middle of a move, my friend. Um, how's it going so far? It's going fantastic. We're on the phone today. We'll be back to video next week, but there's still about 60% of things to unpack. We rolled in yesterday, so a bit of chaos, but it's September. It's ready to go for football. And like you said, six days from now, we'll be recapping what happened last night uh, with Detroit and Kansas City. So yep. I can't wait for football. Good to be back with you guys. Yeah, and best of luck with uh, the move, obviously. So I want to ask you about that game. Yesterday, there was a move here at Circa and at the Westgate here in Las Vegas where the Chiefs were bet down to six. Now across the board, they're back up to six and a half. Any idea why that was? Admittedly, the very specifics behind it, a little bit unsure just because I was somewhere between the Rocky mountains and here on the coast. So yesterday was a bit of a hectic day for me. So I, I won't go into this like deep specifics on that, on, but where it came from or who did it. But I will say that it's it very likely hinging around the Chris Jones news because his impact on the defensive line and what we're going to see from that on Thursday night uh, is significant. And what we do know is the last couple days, there's been lingering rumors and the, the latest, is just more and more uncertainty. There was a report a couple days ago that said that he and the Chiefs were back in communication and that there was expectation that he would be good to go on Thursday night. And now that's kind of being backstepped just a little bit. And so really the status of Chris Jones on that defensive line, huge importance to this line as well as this total. Uh, if he's not on the field, we're probably going to see some interest in the over. Can't go much higher, but Certainly mm -hmm. the, the Lions will take on a little bit of money, too, if he's officially ruled out. So his status here, as big as it gets and really as big of an impact, we'll see from an individual defensive lineman not named Aaron Donald all season long. Mm -hmm. How about a late game Sunday with the Seahawks hosting the Rams and the news that's come out of Los Angeles in the last couple of days? Significant news with Cooper Cup. So he was labeled to have a setback with a hamstring injury. But to me, what was more telling was how McVay described it. He came out and he was questioned after that report went live. And McVeigh said that they want performance cup, not just healthy cup. And so when I hear things like that, it, it kind of signals to me that there's probably going to be a want to hold him back. Uh, he was a little bit delayed coming back to camp too. So now you have sort of two delays and the coach hedging a little bit on why he might not be there. So that would just be an absolutely huge blow to this offense when you take him out of the equation. But, Polly, we were talking just before we came on. What else is kind of lingering here with Seattle? Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford's wife did the podcast earlier this week. It's getting talked about a little bit. But there seems to be chemistry issues throughout the entire offense between Stafford, the younger guys, 
that's really alarming. It was sort of a, a really good insight into what's going on within this locker room. And you add in the fact that this defense is probably going to be the worst in the NFL this season. There's just a lot of things within the last three to four days for the Rams that paint a very different picture. One that's a lot more grim than we thought maybe we would get a couple of weeks ago. So getting really, really ugly in a hurry for LA. Give me some of your preseason takeaways and, and stuff that you watch and you think matters and can carry over to week one in the season. It was quite different preseason for me. It was always usually for me a month in August where I was focused on team previews. All of my thoughts were towards the regular season and everything was kind of looking forward. But now in the new job, batting with the guys at Red Angle Sports and seeing how they do it, there is a huge emphasis because of how much they bet on the preseason week to week. But really, I kind of had opinions formed on teams in July. And as we got to the Hall of Fame game, August 3rd, all of a sudden, the focus was really on watching preseason and trying to get takeaways and trying to look at things differently. And so I went from years past not really putting a lot of stock into what I visually saw preseason, but now we've sort of had a big emphasis on taking away things from the preseason and sort of having those things confirmed or not. And so do you want to go through a couple of teams yes. here just with things that really stood out and kind of how it, that, that shaped my opinion? Yeah, go ahead, please. So I would say one that really stood out was Dallas. And I know we didn't see much from the starters whatsoever, but to me watching that team, there was a very different life on the sidelines and from the play calling perspective than we have seen in quite a while. And so the obviously a new offensive coordinator coming in, but regardless of quarterback, there was an emphasis on tempo. There was an emphasis on pace. And the Cowboys have really been without depth wide receivers for quite a while. And you have the solid three now with Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup. But also Tolbert and Turpin have really emerged as wide receivers four and five. And so all of a sudden now the Cowboys really have what could be the deepest wide receiver core we've seen in a while. But it was, it was out there on the field to see visually. There was a lot of life, a lot of emphasis on that tempo. I think the Cowboys offense is going to get off to a really, really explosive start early in the season. Uh, A number of other teams here. Which way do you want to go? Washington. Well, with Howell and and even Rivera's like, I can't believe how good the guy was, which are you paying attention in practice? It, It really stood out. And again, so my sort of July read was that the reports on Howell were that he wasn't ready. There was uncertainty around it. And now that tone has changed complete done a complete 180 really in the last couple of weeks i don't know if i fully buy into it because again it was howell doing it against backups and third stringers and so i don't want to run and sort of say like okay he's ready to go this is going to be a big year for howell what really really stood out to me for washington in addition to that was how different the team is being treated with the new ownership we think back to the week two monday night or against baltimore there were fans in the stands they were there all game the owners were running around doing interviews. It wasn't just this dead team and you could sort of visually see it on screen. And I thought that really mattered. So how long that holds into the regular season, we don't know, but certainly early in the season, I think that'll stand out. How about the Broncos? Denver was a team that, again, I had all these sort of good takes on offense. I was really big on Jerry Judy pre-injury. Obviously, now you lose Tim Patrick, you lose Jerry Judy, two massive blows to the offense. But Russ was the guy that really stood out for me. He lost a ton of weight. He was willing to run the football. And you could see Peyton integrating him into the offense, giving him designed runs, which is something we didn't really see a year ago. And I think that's quite telling. You also saw Peyton really getting guys moving around the field pre-snap a much, much different offense with Peyton running this. There's sort of an adult in the room, so to speak, compared to what we saw last year with Hackett, which was just a mess from the get-go. This Broncos offense is going to look a lot better. Lost a huge piece in Judy, but I think Wilson going to be good to go very early in the season. We're going to see him running a lot more as well within this offense. So uh, really a lot of optimism, but let's see how big these wide receivers have an impact. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Adam Chernoff, with Right Angle Sports. He's on Twitter at Adam Chernoff, and he joins us every week throughout the uh, NFL season. Okay, so then how about everybody lining up to get in survivor pools, specifically to play against Arizona 
to bet against them in teasers and also money line parlays week one and beyond. Completely agree with it at this point. Uh, I'll speak specifically to a teaser right now. If you can look at it, I think Washington is a fantastic first leg to use. You can go with the number of teams, but like you said, the fate of Arizona, we just talked about why Washington could be sort of a, a good team to play on in mm-hmm. the first couple of weeks, but Arizona, they trade Isaiah Simmons leading tackler from a season ago. They have a defensive overhaul where pieces are missing. Gannon is coming in. It's going to be a much softer scheme. So you have sort of three weeks in the preseason where you're seeing Arizona struggle to tackle, letting teams walk up and down the field. It's all ugly on the offense where Gannon was supposed to be the guy that was improving it, getting the the head coaching job as a defensive-minded coach. Haven't seen any signs of that in the preseason. And in offense, guys, what are they doing? You have a late-season Three post week three quarterback switch where Colt yeah. McCoy gets shipped out. We don't know if it's Dobbs or Toon. It probably doesn't matter early in the season on what they're going to get. The win total drops from four and a half to three and a half. And then all of a sudden, sort of buried within all of this news, they lose their starting center for the duration of the season. So week one, going into Washington, the team we just talked about having all this life, the new ownership looking to make a statement. The big strength of Washington is the defensive line. You're going to have a Cardinals offensive line without their starting center and still lacking clarity on who's going to start at quarterback, but it's going to be a first-time start within the team for either quarterback that they pick. This is going to be very, very ugly for Arizona, not just week one, but throughout the duration of the season. That's why we saw the win total drop. But Washington and the teaser can get them to minus one and a half, a very, very good first leg in week one. Appreciate you coming on. We're looking forward to talking to you every Friday once the season is underway, and we'll be previewing the games next week with you. Appreciate it. I think we ran out of time, but can we reference Miami as the second leg of that teaser quick before we go? you got 30 seconds, yes. Uh, get them up to plus 7.5. Offense looked fantastic. We saw the starters. Tua looks great. I think that Chargers defense, we can talk about it next Friday. Really, really overrated. Big names, but mm. I think Miami definitely keeps it within the number. A good dog to go along with Washington is like two in that teaser. All right. Excellent. Beautiful. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, guys. Chat next week. There you go. Follow him on Twitter, the podcast, and the uh, RAS app as well. That's a good game. We know Tua didn't look good last year when in that matchup, but that's a fantastic game. Well, I was def- when the numbers first were released uh, for week one earlier this summer, I eyeballed Miami plus the three. I think it was plus three at some books. I'm like, please be yeah. plus three for the contest. Yeah, big news here with Jones and Bosa. Because even if they sign, they're it. not going to have much in the not be available week one. We'll recap last night's betting action and win some, lose some next here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page, which you can sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, ROI, and who has the hot hand. Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today, $19 your first month. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All right, we touched on this story earlier on in today's show. I find it fascinating. I can't wait to watch it play out live. Kickoff is tomorrow now. We're finally here. And uh, it's in regards to Iowa football and uh, that program bringing back Brian Ferentz as the OC, but with a couple of caveats that are in his contract. And uh, Scott Docterman does a great job covering the Hawkeyes football program for the Athletic, and he's kind enough to join us here this morning on VSIN. Thanks for the time today, Scott. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You bet. So after the team averaged fewer than 18 points per game last year, the AD at Iowa came out and said, okay, to the to the son of the head coach and the offensive coordinator of the football team, I'm not going to give you or allow your contract to have the two-year rollover that's in it. Instead, here's a one-year deal, and you need to average 25 points per game. Otherwise, finito at the end of the season. What was your reaction what was the, uh, the reaction of others around this program when you first heard of this uh, contract? It was a little bit surprising to have it have it laid out that stark. And, you know, it's an interesting situation at first when you think about it with Brian Ferentz being the son of the head coach. And the head coach is only two wins away from 200 career wins. He's the third all-time winningest coach in Big Ten history. So there's a legacy there. But he's also, uh, you know, been – the last two years in particular, and kind of an ineffective as an offensive coordinator. So uh, the, a lot of it, because the athletic director officially supervises Brian Ferentz, uh, that he accumulated most of the heat. So he wanted to uh, make some alterations, I think, to show the fan base that, look, I'm not just sitting here letting things go. Uh, so, but the 25 points per game was an interesting stipulation because now it's something that everybody's talking about. I mean, if it wasn't for that, would I be talking to you now? I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but I will say that, uh, it, it is an interesting number because when Iowa does hit 25 points under Brian Ferentz, they're 31 and one. And the other oh. game that they lost was 38 to 36 on the last play of the game. So wow. this is, uh, this is an easy number for if they win, if they hit that number, they generally win. Very good. Okay. Excellent. Uh, your, your questions were excellent oh. as well. Are, are you are you buying his answers? And, and, and can you, what do you think of the guy as a person? Well, I've gotten to know him you know, quite well over the years, and I like him. And I think there, in some ways he's getting a bad rap uh, because it's not all on him that, he, uh, that they averaged 17.7 points per game last year. And his first four years as offensive coordinator, they averaged 29. So it's really been a precipitous drop the last couple of years. And, and part of that is that quarterback, uh, his first uh, three years as a quarterback, they had a, a Nate Stanley threw 68 touchdowns. The last three years combined, they've had 28 touchdown passes. So it's not all on him and his play calling. Now I can go, get into the weeds and complain about certain aspects and I'm right on that. But I think last year they had the combination of an inaccurate quarterback, only one scholarship receiver available for the first two weeks and an offensive line that, it, it uh, kind of rolled the dice and hit mm-hmm. snake eyes, if you will, uh, because they had a bunch of uh, young, very young offensive linemen that never really grew, um, you know, over the last couple of years. So I think overall, you know, he, I think he's a good guy. He understands the game. Um, there's a different element in Iowa where they're more complimentary based rather than just let's go out and score as many points as we can. So o- overall, I think he's doing an okay job. And I think this year, with the transfer portal, with some growth on the offensive line, I think they've got an opportunity to probably exceed that and put it as a kind of a hilarious footnote into the into the 2023 season. It's follow the money here on Vsin, the sports betting network. Our guest Scott Doctorman does a, a great job covering Iowa football for the Athletic. The one follow-up question you had to Brian Ferentz, the OC at Iowa, Scott, was brilliant and. Basically, it was this. You, you brought up the situation at the end of the game with Wisconsin. They were up 24 to 10. Again, a key number here, betters, like live wagering, those kind of opportunities, maybe team totals. They recovered a fumble at the Badgers' 22-yard line, two minutes, 18 seconds left. And how would he play it this year? Would he want to run some plays, maybe throw the ball 
see if they can score another touchdown? Would he kick a field goal to go over those 25 points? Would he be okay with killing the football and ending the game at that point? He told His quote was amazing if you want to kind of go over what it was. and then t- But see, to us, I, I don't know if I can buy that, though. And what if there are like seven minutes left in the game? You're telling me they're not going to have the foot on the gas to score more points? At seven minutes of the game, they absolutely will. But, uh, you know, at, at that juncture, with two minutes left, they're winning the game. They're just going to – they may run the ball, and if they break loose and score, then, then they'll be thrilled about it. But uh, by and large, they're just going to try to kill the clock, win the game, and go out 24-10. to 10. I, I think the real apt situation is what took place at Purdue this year. It was 24-3 to 3, Iowa in the third quarter, and they had, it was basically a wind tunnel. There was 50-mile-an-hour winds. Mm. And with, it again, an inaccurate quarterback, they'd struggled it to that point, especially on offense for a long time. They had the opportunity to, hey, do we want to keep our foot on the gas and just continue to try to score points? However, the only way they actually lose that game is if they make mistakes on offense, if they throw a pick six, if they have the ball hangs up out there, if their quarterback gets hit because they're trying to do too many different things. And so they decided we're going to just go slow ball this. They threw eight passes. They won 24 to three. Um, And so that's kind of the defining line where they're at right now in this program Mm -hmm. is uh, you want to hey, we could push this and make it 40 to three, you know, or do we just say, hey, we're going to, we're here to win the game and that's it. And, um, and I think what Kirk Ferentz is going to do is say, we're going to win it the way I want to win it. And they'll basically challenge. Now they have a new athletic director. She doesn't seem to be as concerned about this. It is still part of his uh, contract. And I think part of that is protection because it's not so much if they go average 24.3 points per game. It's if they average 17.7 again. That's where the, I think he'll get okay. in trouble. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if they're 11 and 1 and make the Big Ten title game and they average 22 or 23 points per game, my guess is they're not going to clean house. I could be wrong on that. What about they love punting like in plus territory <laughs> when it's fourth and two or fourth and three? Got to pin them deep, make yeah. them go 98 yards. Do you think they're going to continue to do, uh, to do that all the time? Absolutely. Uh, you know, they have maybe the best punter in the country. Uh, and, you know, and look at it this way last year, uh, Tory Taylor had 17 punts inside the seven yard line. And you had the, the best statistical defense since what Florida state in 2000, in 2012, where they, uh, opponents averaged 3.99 yards per play. And that's playing Michigan and Ohio state. That wasn't just like, Hey, we're just playing the big 10 West. No, that was some, get some really good teams. They had an outstanding defense last year. They'll be good this year. Not quite as good, but, but still, if you're going to f- try to force somebody to go, in 95, 96 yards. Good luck with that. So, yeah, they're going to still continue to do that, but I think a lot of that's also predicated on how they run the football. And if they do a better job there, then I think they'll take more chances. Will McNamara play tomorrow, and will they cover a 24-point spread with the backup? With the backup? Uh, I don't think eh, that's that's tough. I, I, I will say that it, with McNamara, I would think that would be the case. He's questionable right now, and I would say it's 50-50. He's cleared medically to play. He wants to play. They want him to play, but they also have to look at the big picture, which is they go to Ames next week, Jack Trice Stadium, which is, you know, they, it's always a tough game for mm-hmm. Iowa and the in-state rivalry, and then they go to Penn State in three weeks. And and uh, if, if he tweaks his quad again, he could be out for, you know, a month. And that could cost them, especially at Happy Valley, and they don't want that. So my guess is if he plays, it's not going to be very long. Will they cover 24 <laughs> without him? Uh, i probably on the other side. But if they have him, I think they will. But that's a defense that they're facing that only has five returning starters, mm-hmm. that it was in the, the, the 110s in just about every category last year defensively and was the worst when it came to penalties in the country. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to overreact here, but you know, Wisconsin and Iowa are, are supposed to be the two uh, teams that are the class of the uh, big 10 West. I think they're probably both early here, licking their chops at what they saw last night in Nebraska and Minnesota. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, the number, uh, I would say, especially when you look at Minnesota, even though Minnesota won last year, they had an outstanding running back in Mo Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. They had an offensive line that could really wear on you. And, and, and they still have a pretty good defense. They have an outstanding player, I think, in Tyler Newbin. But uh, I did not see anything from Minnesota to make me go, okay, this team is going to take that next step. And uh, in Nebraska is Nebraska. You just don't know what you're going to get. One of these years, you figure they're going to finally come back. Well, they haven't done that in 
you know, since they've been in the Big Ten. So yeah. I think Iowa, Wisconsin clearly are head and shoulders. Maybe Illinois there, but but certainly the Badgers and Hawkeyes as usual. Yep, agreed. You can follow Scott on Twitter at his name, at Scott Docterman, and read him at The Athletic. Does a great job covering college football and Iowa. Uh, that was a really fun conversation, Scott. Yes. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yep. Well done, sir. Nope, not changing their philosophy. <laughs> we love the punt. We want to pin them fourth and get out of here. Fourth and ooh, yard and a half, too much. Hey, you know. I don't know if we can do that. Yeah, do You're, it. Yeah, but hold on, Kirk. You're running for seven yards up per play. Nah, not, not this time. It's like the Sopranos episode when Tony's talking to metal. And here, 1960, oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, 1962. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 